Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good, whatever it is, wherever you are in the world today. I am Casey, and this is An Evening at the Movies, everybody's favorite movie-based podcast where we eat stale popcorn and drink watered-down sodas and talk about all of our favorite movies, and of course, as always, why we love them. Joining me today is everybody's favorite co-hostess with the mostest. Queenie is back with us today after a very brief hiatus. Hello. Welcome back, my favorite co-host. Thanks. Oh, Kiwi's in here. I didn't know she was in here. Church! Church! She's sniffing my aloe vera plant over there. Get like a catnip plant to put in your office. Exactly. She doesn't like catnip. It's really weird. I know. That would be like Dre not liking weed. Right? I don't know. He doesn't do anything for her. Like me and weed. Uh, <laughs> Unless I eat an edible. <laughs> so, because I'm a nice, generous host, would you like to introduce who we have with us tonight? Today. Sure. Our third, <coughs> excuse me. Our third guest today is my lovely daughter Abby, who picked the movie that we're going to discuss today. What's up, Abby? So <laughs> happy my Friday to everybody. Oh yeah. What day? It's his Friday because he doesn't have to work tomorrow. Or Saturday. Or Sunday. And let's be honest. At this point, I really don't want to work on Monday either. Yeah, I don't blame you. Adulting sucks. It does. The previous message was that of Casey Box only and is not condoned by anybody else on the show. <laughs> okay. Are you done the- stuff in your face? Maybe. <laughs> I haven't had breakfast yet. Netflix and chill. So I just had a little bit of lunch and burned the fuck out of my finger. So that was awesome. Hurts real bad. Door open. Casey is not walking through it. (laughs) (laughs) So we are here today to revisit one of the most classic horror miniseries of all time. The 1990 version of Stephen King's It. (sighs) Which happens to be one of my all-time favorite King movies of all time. But we'll get into that later. So, really quickly before we get to somebody's 90-second beat-the-clock challenge... Although I don't think she's going to need 90 seconds this time. No. Uh, Let's see. It, chapter one, or it, 1990, part one, released on November 18th, 1990. So, literally by the time. Mm -hmm. I thought both parts were in the same movie. Just just when they were. They are now. 
It was a mini series on TV. Oh. Yeah, you know that big rectangular thing in the living room that millennials don't ever look at anymore? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not judging. And then part two of the miniseries released on November 20th, 1990. So by the time this episode drops on Wednesday the 9th, it literally will be almost uh, 10, 20, 32 years to the date. Yeah. I can't believe this movie is over 30 years old. Are you kidding me? I know. Me either. You and I are old. Abby is not. Speak for yourself. I'm young at heart. I'm young at heart too, but let's be honest. Neither of the two of us is freaking... Spring chickens? Well, yeah. I mean, I was trying to not be all redneck and shit because fuck Texas, but... Oops, did I say that out loud? Oh, For anybody listening to this show that lives in the great state of Texas, I love Texas and everything that it stands for. Please don't be offended by my fuck Texas every day of the week. I hate Texas and most of what it stands for, and I live here, so I'll say it out loud. I don't live there, so I don't have a leg to stand on. I just come to visit. Okay. Back to Uh, it. Let's see. It was directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. It was released by Warner Brothers Television Distribution and it had a budget of $12 million. Nice. So, on that note, it is everybody in the world's favorite segment of the showtime as everybody's favorite co-host is now going to attempt to Describe the movie in 90 seconds or less. All right. I'm pretty sure she can do it, but <laughs> I'm not going to hold my breath, though. You could. <laughs> okay. So, in 1960, a group of social outcasts known as the Losers Club are tortured and tormented by an evil demon who can shapeshift into a clown and feed on children's fears and kill them. After defeating the demonic clown as kids, it resurfaces 30 years later, and they must finish must finish it off as adults once again. There you go. Seriously, that was it? Yeah. 24.9 seconds. So you could have held your breath that long. <laughs> oh, I'm up there at age. So, all right. It, 1990. The wonderment that is, oh, before we go too far, um, uh, second choice, well, original casting options for a handful of characters in the movie. Initially, Tim Curry was not the first choice to play Pennywise. Surprise, surprise. One of these is going to make you cringe, I can guarantee it. Because the first choice to play Pennywise the Clown in 1990 is Dr. Loomis himself. Ew. Fake Dr. Loomis himself. Malcolm McDowell. Oh. 
He's the one that plays Dr. Loomis in the Rob Zombie Halloween's. Oh. Yeah. Uh, let's see. As well. Really, really old, classically trained actor Roddy McDowell also was mm. second choice. And then probably the most obscure Pennywise choice of them all before Tim Curry. Classic rock star Alice Cooper. Ew, what? I'm just saying what the interwebs told me. But hey, he got to save it and be in Freddy's Dead. <laughs> Wasn't that I him? I liked him better in Freddy's Dead than I would have liked him <laughs> in It. Thank you very much. Yeah, for real. Interesting. Um, then, actually, one of the more interesting other options for a character. Um, Eddie Kasprak initially was offered to In Living Color alumnus James Carey. Mm. I don't know if hey. I... I think Jim probably would have been a better Richie Tozier. That's what I was thinking. But even still, I think he would have outdone it and made it too comical. Probably, because that was at that point of the, his career when I think Living Color was literally one or two seasons old at that point. Fire Marshal Bill, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I don't really remember. Yeah, no bueno. Um, sticking with the In Living Color theme, the role of Mike Hanlon was originally offered to... Uh, David Allen Greer. Oh, I could see that. That one I don't think would have been a bad choice. Yeah, I don't either. But at the same time, I don't know if he would have played it the same as Tim Reed did either. Yeah. So. All right. So the obvious elephant in the room question for everybody and I think we're going to start off with Abby. Okay. <laughs> 1990, 2017. Uh, Tim Curry, Bill guard. Listen, I love the 1990 version, but like the 2017 version, I can like imagine every single scene and and sleep like it's like I'm watching the movie while I'm sleeping. <laughs> so you're having nightmares about it? No, like it's like there's a TV in my brain and I'm just watching it, trying to fall asleep. So like I've memorized the movie so many times. That's true. You've seen it a lot. Yeah, like I don't even need the volume on. I know what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the 1990 version. I, you know what? I like them both equally. Okay. Weenie, your preference on Pennywise? On Pennywise himself, I, I mean, I've said this before on probably both of our shows. I, to me, Penny, Tim Curry Pennywise is scarier. And my reasoning for that, as some of you have probably heard me say, Skarsgård's Pennywise, you know from far away that guy is bad news. He looks terrifying even before he opens his mouth to eat you. You can tell he's just someone you want to stay away from. 
Tim Curry's Pennywise looks like a circus clown. So when you see him, even if if you're not like me, I'm terrified of clowns. But if you're not scared of clowns, he looks like the kind of clown that a kid would go up to and get a balloon animal from or whatever. And then he turns into an evil monster that eats your face off. So to me, that's scarier because he's approachable. This Bill Skarsgård uh, Pennywise is just too pretty. <laughs> like... Does that make sense? Like, he's just too pretty, like, modern. Uh, I don't know. You know what I mean? I can actually see that as being a true statement. I personally, from my own opinion, am pretty much word for word going to agree with Amanda. Um, Skarsgård, yeah, he is probably, in, compared to the two, probably more insanely, as Abby said, pretty. <laughs> um, but again I think that version of Pennywise you see coming a mile away where Tim Curry definitely has the more approachable kid friendly I'm going to lure you in and then rip your freaking arm off and bite your face off I will say that I think Skarsgård did a better, <coughs> I, I still think Tim Curry's is scarier, but I think Skarsgård did a better, I thought his voice acting was better, like the way that he talked and the way that he said the things to the kids was creepier, yeah. and his facial expressions, and that could have a lot to do with the makeup too, his, I think his facial expressions when he talked and tried to scare them or whatever, you, like when he was being sarcastic you could see it on his face and when he was trying to be hurtful or mean like with his words you could see it on his face well and they did make some drastic alterations to anyway yeah. from yeah. 1990 to 2017 because and you can yell at me for being a crow mark or not but Skarsgård's face in 2017 definitely had a very Eric Draven look to it with the lines and the it was almost like a combination of the crow and the joker if they got together and humped and had a baby and <laughs> did you say humped? <laughs> yes. I mean we are in the 90s for this episode so I guess that that tracks I think if I could combine Tim Curry, and this is in no way an insult to Tim Curry's acting skills. I love him. But God, if I could Tim take, Curry is a freaking icon. If I could take Tim Curry Pennywise visually and Skarsgård's Pennywise acting-wise, vocally, like dialogue, all that, and combine them, that would be perfection in my mind. I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. I think there's definitely pluses and minuses to both versions of the character. And both of them did amazing jobs in different aspects of the role. So yeah. a lot of it boils down to personally which the people I've talked to and asked about it, it generally, if they prefer the miniseries over the remake, they generally lean towards favoring 
Tim Curry as Pennywise. If they yeah. figure the remakes over 1990, then they generally favor Skarsgård. And let's be honest, I mean, I'm not going to completely hate on one particular set or the other. Both movies have major flaws story-wise and adaptation-wise. So, personally, I prefer to take the book out of the equation and just look at both movies as standalone <laughs> entities. That's so funny. Um, well, my friend decided to read the It book in class. You want to know what part? I don't know. Do I? Probably not. Because it's probably <laughs> the one that I'm thinking of. And the teacher didn't hear him. What? He was reading it out loud? Yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I'm assuming it's the part almost directly after they end, hypothetically, Pennywise in 19... Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yikes. For lack of a better politically correct metaphor here for the gangbang <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty much I mean, you actually completely took the words out of the podfather's mouth because i believe that's exactly what he said when they talked about the book on yeah the overlook well, I was quoting The Hangover, but I was using it in that and that reference. So, or not The Hangover, old school. I don't remember no gang bangs and freaking. No, that. so remember um, the beginning of old school when um, Luke Wilson comes home and his girlfriend has the people there, and um, he she's like, and then he open somebody knocks at the door and he opens the door and the guy's like, "I'm here for the gang bang." Sorry, George and I quote that all the time, even when it's not appropriate, which is probably never, but it's still First funny. of all, your <laughs> husband quotes a lot of stuff that's inappropriate. Need I say more? Cool, Carl! Uh-huh. Mm -mm. No bueno. So, um, let's see. Do either of you have any specific memories of this movie or favorite parts that ring true for either of you? Um, I like the Richie scene where he goes like to the, the pipes or whatever like under the school and he sees Pennywise as a werewolf um, and also where they like um, threw like their sodas on um, the bullies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Henry Bowers. Yeah. Fuck Henry Bowers. Oh, wait. And one more. Yeah. You know how, like, Belch, I think that's his name. He, like, you know, this, like, there's this big tube thing, you know, like in the tunnel. Yeah. And, like, the deadlights are there. And he's just sliding in like this. It's really <laughs> funny. And they literally fold him in half and then suck him into the tube. Yeah. All right. Considering how strict things were in 1990, that was pushing the envelope for them to show that on TV. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, really, the whole miniseries was pushing the envelope for what they could show on TV back then. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The 90s, yeah. Just Probably the of... most graphic curse word that you could use on TV back then was damn. You couldn't even oh. say ass. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, ass and so. bitch were not allowed, much less anything else. Yeah, I mean, I've seen stuff on TV now that comes out where F-bombs galore all over the place. I'm like, mm, when I was a kid, you had been freaking thrown off TV for that shit. Right. Um, I like the shower scene with um, Stu, right? Eddie. Eddie. Yeah, Eddie, sorry. Um, well, sorry, I forgot. That scene really, really was scary to me when he just comes up through that ceramic tile. Um, well, I mean, metaphorically, you got to think I mean, a lot like Psycho. You're naked and vulnerable in an environment where, yeah, yeah, and you're in school where you would think you would be safe, and then literally, no, no, the freaking shower heads start doing their thing, and the water starts, you. Know, and then the ground opens up and a big freaking clown comes out from the hole in the ground. Good lord. Yeah, that's terrifying. Um, and quote, I thought... Eddie, quote Eddie Murphy in The Golden Child, this kind of shit must happen a lot where you're from. I feel like I'm going to shit on myself. <laughs> um, and stew in the fridge, I thought. It was, it was funny, but also scary, but like the way he was talking. Stan? Stan! Why am I saying stew? Oh, because oh, I'm still thinking of the hangover. Okay. Stan. Sorry, Stan. <laughs> Do you have a hangover? No. <laughs> Stan. Hey, they're close. Give me a break. Uh-huh. Okay. Stan in the fridge. One is three is... letters, one is four. Yeah. Three and four are not that close. Okay. Yeah, they are. They're one apart. Only takes one to lose. Anyway. Ask Oklahoma. Fuck you. <laughs> that was almost a Pennywise laugh. It was almost. I don't know where the hell that came from. I've never laughed like that before. <laughs> what about the parts for you? <laughs> probably the most iconic scene in that entire movie and it's literally almost word for word taken from 1990 and redone in 1997 or er, 1997 <laughs> Box, like, oh, did you oh. have a hangover <laughs> I'd sit Chris on you, but he's afraid of having to breathe through a tube. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's taken out of 1990 and basically almost perfectly redone and even volume turned up on it in 2017 is the scene where Georgie's running down the street chasing after his boat and loses his boat into the storm drain. And then we basically get our introduction to 
the iconic villain that is Pennywise himself. Hi, Georgie. Think, so scary. I think Tommy Lee Wallace did it really well, and Tim Curry did it really well in 1990 because you get the back and forth between the two where Curry's trying to lure Georgie into the sewer. And then he turns and attacks him, but you don't see a damn thing. You literally see his mouth going, yeah, and then as he comes forward, it just blurifies. Right. So it's all psychological in the back here. I mean, you know, obviously what's happening, but it it's like the, the shark element in Jaws. You don't right. see you the evil. You see it. It's psychologically is fucking with you. But then, them to basically carbon copy it in 2017 and turn the volume way up with what they showed in that. Yeah. That's probably one of the most, I would say, I would put it in my top five for more iconic deaths in a Stephen King movie. Yeah. I don't know if I'd go top five all time because you have elements of Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street and Yeah. Well it's top five we could do top five Stephen King movie deaths. I'm telling you that's the beauty of the simplest and I've said it from day one. The wealth of crap that you could come up with for an episode. Yeah. The only limitation you have is your own mind. So I think Gage Creed would definitely have to make that list. That was brutal. And again, you don't see shit. But thank God, I don't want to see that. Seeing his little tennis shoe was enough. Well, yeah, I'm gonna say you see the little bloody tennis shoe rolling down the fucking road after he gets hit, but but anyway, we we need to we need to book that episode on the sip list. Okay. Kevin! Say what? I said, Kevin! Because Kevin wanted to do King episodes. Maybe we could do it this weekend. We haven't picked one for this weekend yet. That's true. And I need time to formulate my opinions of correct top fives so both of you can be wrong. So, um... Oh, okay. So overall, as an entire package, 1990-2017, which does everybody prefer? And why? 2017, only because one, it's memorized in my head. Two, I just because I've watched it so many times, I find it as a comedy movie. <laughs> Weirdo. Okay, it's okay. And also, I really like the characters, and also, uh, Mike from Stranger Things uh, plays Richie. His actor's name is Finn Wolfhard. So, 
Yeah, Finn does a great job, and you definitely don't even realize that that's the same kid that plays Mike because the character is so different. Like, mm-hmm. you're used to sweet Mike, and then you've got, you know, Richie <laughs> being like, your mom, and fuck you, and whatever. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Richie in 2017 was definitely a lot more anti-politically correct. Yeah. I... Fine. Yeah, but I think that's closer to how they actually were again in 1990. And it was the T- if 1990s version had been a theatrical movie and not a TV miniseries, I think it could have been a lot different. But my, I think the reason I like 2017 better is because what is the total between the two? Like five hours of um, in 1990, the whole thing isn't like five, four or five hours. It's not three. Oh, maybe that's why. It was too condensed. Well, okay, because you have to mathematically figure it out. For every hour of TV, if you take the commercials out, it's 45 minutes. Right. First part was two hours, so that's 90 minutes. Second part, yeah. two hours, 90 minutes. One hour and a half, yeah. one hour and a half. I can do math, asshole. um no so i just the problem with the 1991 alongside of it being a tv miniseries so they had to cut out a lot of the book a lot scene wise and verbally is they they didn't show enough of the childhood stuff like for me when they announced they were doing it 2017 and then it chapter two I was like, this is what this book and that movie needs. It needs two separate movies, full-length movies that show what happened when they were kids and then show when they come back 27 years later. And, you know, and of course, you know, graphics and all of that stuff. I mean, it's hard to compare them because one is from 1990 and it's on television and one was made in 2017 and it's a, you know, theatrical release, but I love this movie, but I do prefer the 2017 version. So I'm going to be the differing opinion, and I'm going to say probably my favorite would be 1990, which none of us have a wrong opinion, in my opinion. Well, yeah. Um, Both movies, well, 1990 and 2017 are great movies. Eventually, we can discuss chapter two. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but twenty or nineteen ninety was, I think, a really well done movie. It had, at the time, what many would consider to be an all star cast. Yeah, for sure. I mean, granted, it's not your Tom Cruise's and your Susan Sarandon's and, you know, people of that nature, but everybody in, especially the adults in 1990, had had prolific television careers up to that point. Yeah. R.I.P. John Ritter. Definitely. And he was probably... No offense to the rest of the cast, but he was the biggest, probably the biggest name 
other than Tim Curry in 1990. And I think he did an amazing job with portraying Ben. Yeah. Honestly, I think he did better at playing Ben than dude in 2017 did. Or New Ben's hotter. Huh? New Ben is hotter, though. Oh, man. New Ben is so hot. I don't even know the actor's name, but he was... Oh, he's handsome. Okay. Are you talking about like, the adult? The adult, yeah. yeah. Well, it would be kind of creepy if your mom was saying the kid Ben was hot. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be weird. Considering New Ben is younger than your daughter. Just saying. Adult New Ben. Adult New Ben, for clarification. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so, um... But yeah, I mean, the hitch in the giddy up with 1990 is the fact that they really had a big fat pair of Renaissance era shackles on their wrists with what they could say and what they couldn't say. Yeah. And what I mean, that, that book is vulgar. And there was a lot they couldn't include. <sighs> yeah, I knew when I first saw the ads on TV for it that there's no way in hell they're going to be able to do that movie or do that book justice because I hadn't completely read the book at that time, but I'd read enough of the book to know there's no way you're going to show 85% of that stuff on TV. Right. But at the same time, even with all those restrictions, they still did an amazing job telling the story as well as they could considering Again, what they could right. say, what they couldn't show, what they could say, what they couldn't say. Um, twenty seventeen is definitely the movie that should have been done to properly right. adapt that book. I think there's elements of even like you were saying with. Um, Tim Curry and Skarsgård. There's elements of Curry and elements of Skarsgård. If you take the best elements of both and put them together, there you have your ultimate Pennywise. Yeah, for sure. There's elements of 1990 that if you take them out and then elements of 2017, if you take them out and put them together, you have the perfect yeah. it adaptation. So, but I tend to lean towards, I'm like Havandre. Mm-hmm. I'm very old, old school. school. Well, I, I am too about a lot of stuff, but I also don't mind. Not like me and Harvey are. Okay. Whatever. Uh, I don't, I mean, I think we're living in an age of remakes and reboots and whatever they call it in the new Scream movie. Well, it's not a... What, what do they call it? Trilogy? No, it's not a remake, but it's like a... Well, anyway. Reimagining. And I think that, you know, when they said they were going to do this one, this was one I was super excited about. Whereas, like, when they said Pet Cemetery, I was like, we don't need a new Pet Cemetery. But it was, like, the one adaptation that I was really like, this needs to be revisited now that... You know, mm-hmm. like I said, it needed to be a theatrical mo- release. It needed to be, you know, updated. And so 
and I thought they did it justice. So this was one that I was happy about and it delivered and, you know, exceeded my expectations. So I liked it. Realistically, the only reason we got Pet Cemetery the remake is because 2017 did what it did. Yeah. If 2017 had flopped, I can guarantee you Pet Cemetery would have gotten pulled like that. Yeah. But the records that it 2017 did at the box office when it came out, oh my yeah. god. What's that? I think it was, what was it? Halloween 78 was the highest grossing horror movie at the box office until 2017 came out? Maybe. Probably. I don't remember. I I could be wrong. And if anybody, not naming any names, Brandy wants to do the research and listen to past episodes, I know it got brought up at one point. I don't. I know it was the highest grossing independent movie until the late 90s. I can't remember what beat it out. It's like I could jumped out of my head, but. Um, but yeah. so it might be too that Halloween was number one for a long time until Scream came Sorry. along and unseated it. <laughs> and then Scream held the title until 2017 came along and unseated it. Yeah, maybe. So. Um, we want to do rankings? Yeah. Let Abby go first and tell us ultimately what she thinks and rate the movie out of five. One out of five? What? However many out of five you think it deserves. So five would be Perfect. it's the most incredible movie ever. One would be this movie really sucks. I'll say three. Okay. I mean, it's a pretty good movie. It, it I mean, it kind of is more psychological and stuff because, like, you never know that, like, a clown that seems innocent could just turn out to be a monster, but then he turns into a monster and it just kind of makes you think, wow, there's people out there in the world that can be like that. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah. I have three words for you. What? Don Wayne Gacy. <laughs> I don't think Abby knows who that is. Well, you can explain. I'll have to educate you on some true crime stuff, but yeah. Oh, I know. About One of the <laughs> sickest motherfuckers in all the world. Oh, God. I don't, even want to know. I don't even want to know what you're laughing at. Anyway. Um, I think I'm going to agree with Abby. You know, it's for the time and what they had to work with. I think it was very... It was as well done as they were able to do with the time and, you know, uh, uh, time constraints and and FCC and all that stuff. Um, I think that I would give it three out of five paper boats. I could have said paper boats. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of stars, we always try to pick something related to the movie. So I'm going to go with three out of five paper boats. Okay. <laughs> if you think of kind of try and be unique like that so I'm probably going to go in the same ballpark that you guys are um, It 1990 is a great movie and 
it's a movie. I don't remember watching a whole lot of miniseries as a kid, but I remember being excited to watch part one. And then as soon as part one was done, I was ready for part two to come out. Yeah. And I don't remember why there was a freaking day gap in between the two of them, but one debuted on Sunday night, the next one debuted on a Tuesday night. Which pissed me off because I was That's weird. It was. But yeah, it and you can't go wrong with Tim Curry at all. Yeah. The guy is literally cinematic gold in my opinion. He's amazing. And Pennywise isn't even his greatest role that he ever played either. So yeah, there's another true. there's another simplest idea right there, top five Tim Curry roles. Yeah. Hopefully to do before the effects of his stroke do what they're going to do. So yeah. Anyway, so I'm I'm gonna be generic as fuck with my ranking. Um I'm gonna go three out of five red balloons. Nice. I like that. Just because other than the clown aspect of that character, that red balloon is literally the one thing everybody associates with Pennywise. Yeah. And we have um, Dallas Children's Hospital. That's part of their logo is a red balloon. And every time I see it, I always think of it. I'm like, why did you guys do that? <laughs> So, my next question, I don't know what it was like other places in the country, but around the time that 2017 came out, were you guys having issues with people dressing up as clowns and tying balloons to storm drains and yep, <laughs> freaking stupid ass people? Well, the whole the whole clown thing that was crazy when that whole month when people were like dressing up as clowns and running around, people were getting killed. But yeah. that was crazy. But the the balloons and the storm drains were kind of fun for me. Like we'd just be driving around looking for them, and Abby thought it was pretty funny too. <laughs> well, I mean, that okay, fine. But the whole dressing up as clown thing, and I mean, literally, Stephen King had to go on fucking Twitter and beg people to stop. Yeah. Because it ran its course and it wasn't fucking funny. Yeah. I agree. Unfortunately, it's one of those things that he's the one, whenever something exactly like that comes up, who's the one that's going to get blamed for it? Him. Right. He created the character. So. It's his fault. I mean, they could remake Killer Clowns from Outer Space and have the same thing happen, but King would get blamed for it. <laughs> he didn't invent clowns <laughs> I know Yeah. technically John Wayne Gacy did it before he did that's true because King based Pennywise off of Gacy sick twisted motherfucker so alright so okay. obviously Yeah, um, I think that's going to just about wrap it up. Um, as always, 
we'd like to thank the dozens for being here each and every week. You guys are incredibly fucking amazing. And the fact that we're starting to see our numbers start to climb back up again tells me that Amanda and I are doing something right podcast wise. I'm not 100% sure what it is. But we're doing something right. I think it's just being badass motherfuckers. Well, that's obviously the case, but we were badass motherfuckers for a while while the numbers were as well. True. So I think Abby being here is going to boost our listens for this one. Let's find out. Let's see. Abby thinks we need to be famous. Hey, if we can get famous and I can start lining my damn pocketbook. Heck yeah. We'll be doing a lot more live in-person episodes of An Evening at the Movies. So, alrighty. So, the question of the day. I know you have a shit ton of crap in the freaking hard drive of your laptop. What's (laughs) What's coming up on the SIP list that listeners need to know about? Um, I don't know. We're recording with Kevin this weekend, um, and supposedly I think we are maybe going to be doing top five Stephen King movie death scenes. Um, I have got our Batman episode is still in the can, so maybe releasing that soon. Holy shit. I know, right? I thought Kevin would be in a smart ass when he was like, okay, that one was done way back in the middle of the freaking... Batman was done before the freaking Stephen King bracket. Yeah, I've got um, and maybe like two others. So I don't know. We'll probably be doing um some Christmas episodes coming up, and yeah, you, I, I don't know. You can because an evening at the movies is taking a break from Christmas this year. Nobody gets yeah. Christmas gifts from KCB this year. That's cool. That's not true. Everybody gets Christmas gifts from KCB. Some of which have already okay. bought and purchased. <clears throat> Some of which yeah. I need to send to Oklahoma, though, because they'll be re-gifted anyway, so just a little bit of man. <laughs> You're never going to live that down. Yeah, but you reap the benefits of my re-gifts, so maybe stop making fun of me so much. Hey! Dad? See? It's not a re-gift if I didn't know it was a gift in the first place, damn it! (laughs) It's all... I will die on that hill. (laughs) Well, the re-gifting part is the funny part of it, but at the same time, the look on Chris's face when I opened that package and pulled that out of the package, and he's like, I bought that for you, motherfucker! (laughs) I felt really bad. It didn't come with a note. And it didn't come from Chris. It came from some random, like, so I thought it was something I ordered. I thought I ordered it off Etsy for you. So. This is why. Send notes or mail it yourself so I know it came from you. I was going to say, this is why when you order stuff for people, you order it and have it delivered to your house. And then you re-put it back in a box with your name and address on it and then send it back out again. Well, with Amazon, you can include a note. If it, if you click that it's a gift, it'll ask if you want to include a note. 
So that way it cuts that part out. You can still have an Amazon delivered to someone with a note. Yeah, but then at the same time, half the time when I get stuff from Amazon, I'm not looking for anything other than what I know is coming. Yeah. So. Uh, let's anyway, see. the gift that keeps on re-gifting. Yes, and now we reach the segment that everybody loves. So coming up on an evening at the movies, we have um, this episode obviously will be available today being November 9th, as well as this coming up weekend, I will be recording with my high school friend Jackie and we will be discussing the movie Heathers. After that, we have um, Get Up with Get Out. Get Up. Get Out. Get Out. <laughs> excuse. I'm not awake yet. Uh, get Out with Dre. And then. And me? Well, obviously you. Oh, yeah. I guess I'm a given. <laughs> you're the obvious choice. Um, and then following that, we've got um, Old School versus New School. Dre and Harvey will be debating the merits of get out, not get up, and the exorcist. And Amanda will be choosing the winner. because Based on their arguments, not based on any personal preference of mine. Because if that was the case, get out would already have won. Yeah, exactly. So, after that, um, last two things we've got is december we will be starting the greatest movie franchise of all time tournament and voting will open for that around the middle of the month so get ready for that and then the entire month of december we will be paying tribute to the comedic wonderment that is the great eddie murphy and we will be discussing Coming to America, uh, da, 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 Boomerang. I'm still pushing for The Golden Child because somebody hasn't picked her birthday movie yet. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop and Kevin wants to do Shrek. So that will probably be your traditional episode lineup for the month of December. And I've got some other ideas for January leading up to the anniversary, but I've already rambled on long enough. And I know Amanda's staring at the freaking screen like she's frozen, which means she's not having fun anymore. That's not true. I'm sorry. I'm I'm like, I was looking at the time and then I was like, what do I have to do? But anyway, got a so you important, weren't even important paying dinner it? tonight. You weren't even paying attention, and I heard everything you said. What pop quiz? No, I'm kidding. Eddie Murphy, Boomerang, yes. Coming to America, Shrek, Beverly Hills Cop, and The Golden Child. The Golden Child, probably, yeah. So, but yes. So again, thank you, Abby, for being here with us. Thank you, Abby, and discussing it with us. As always, you're welcome to come back anytime you want. Um, again, as always, 
Welcome. Thank you for being welcome. Welcome. <laughs> you need a nap. Thank you, Plobster, for being here and doing this episode with us. It was amazing fun, and I look forward to many more soon-to-come recordings as well as other things on the horizon that we can discuss at a later date and time. So, with that said, I'm going to pass the baton over to my co-host and let her end the show for us because 50-50, I'll open it and she can close it. So, go ahead, Queenie. Oh, my. Excuse me. I don't know if anybody heard that. <laughs> my, my, when uh, life gets tough, esophagus tough making keep noise. sipping. <laughs> yes, when life gets tough, just keep sipping. Um, no, thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode, and we hope you all come back for evening at the movies. Goodbye. Yay. No peace and hair grease today. Oh, <laughs>